All right, I'm Scott Farber. He is Larry Mallory, a former New York Giant and uh, a Cowboy fan, I guess, now today, too. Besides <laughs> the Giant fan. But all right, we'll let, we'll let him have it. All right, Larry, Tom Brady retires. Bruce Arians is kicked upstairs into the front office. Tom Brady unretires. Mm. Anything to that? Are we reading in anything there? Well, you know, I, I think it's a lot to that. In fact, I believe that 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 their relationship um, actually is sort of reflective of how how we can look at our country's relationship right now. I say that because this Donald uh, uh, Bruce Arians has the most his hired the most diverse staff in the NFL, not just coaches, you know, but uh, right. helpers and trainers and everything. He has the most diverse staff in the NFL. And on the same team, uh, Tom Brady is pretty close to Donald Trump. Now, so, is he really? He's backed off of that a little he, bit. Yeah, he's backed off a little bit. But it's still, if you go online, <laughs> Trump still holds the winners by his side. And he has a lot of pitches with he and Tom. And yeah. so I, I think that that's a reflection, honestly, of how the country is now. You got some people that support him. You have some people that don't. But these two guys have been able to let their personal, you know, perspectives go away and win football games together. Right, right, right. Yeah, and so that's why I think this is such a special relationship between the two. Um, and and the, a good thing is it's a it's a direction for young people too because it doesn't bring your personal uh, beliefs into your team beliefs. Right, right. You follow me. He's kept yeah. that team going in the right direction, and, and I think Brady has too, both of them. Okay, and then I also wondered, you know, because Brady then took, you know, in the preseason, took, you know, 11 days off, and everybody made a big deal about that. I'm wondering if that was part of the deal. He wanted to take some time off. He could get ready for the season, doesn't need to be at those preseason games he wasn't going to play in. And Arians might not have said, no, you're going to be here. So I wonder if that that might have had something to do with it too. Yeah, yeah, that, that could have some impact. But I, I, you know, they're they're winners, and Tom is not going to create any tension and pressure at the end of the day. I, I, right. I don't think that was such a big deal, you know. Right. All right. Well, give me your thoughts on these quarterbacks. Uh, let me know if these guys are going to make it. <laughs> You're smiling already. <laughs> Baker Mayfield now in the Carolina Panthers. Is he going to be? Uh, is he going to get it to the echelon? Well, you know, the list of you're gonna we're gonna talk about a list of quarterbacks, and it was what was most interesting to me was the list you chose. You know, all of the guys, and we're gonna talk about each one of them. Uh, but they're they're our new young leaders, aren't they? Well, yeah. Won't you agree? I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, you've it, drilled it in my head. It's the quarterback. It it really is, and. What I like about, you know, how you're approaching it is that you first approach it with the coaching system, right? With, with uh, you know, with Bruce Arians. Right. And now you've gone to the second most important person on that team. You're breaking the team down very well because <laughs> the quarterback, you know, the quarterback is an example for all the players, right? He's very close to the, um, to the, um, to the coaching element because they have to create you know, the offensive and defensive, whatever environment. And so 
you're right. The second guy on that on that leadership role is the quarterback, not just on the offensive side, but on the defensive side as right. well. Right. So is Baker. What's what's going to be with Baker? I, I think that's why Baker is is where he is now and how he's going to be great, better in the future because he he's a leader. You know, he's uh, he's done all the right things in the locker room and outside the locker room. So I I think not only him but all the ones we're going to talk about. They they've shown that they can carry the teams, and I think it's their time to do it. Um, well, Lamar Jackson is he going to have a good comeback year? Is he going to lead Baltimore somewhere? Uh, you know, he, he's a very athletic guy. You can't you you really can't cut him out. Um, he, he he's he's starting to develop though. You know, uh, a history that I know he wants to clean up a little bit. So <laughs> I think that he's going to come back. And and under the right leadership and under the right coaching environment, I think he'll be better. All right, Trevor Lawrence. Boy, he came out of college, you know, the greatest thing ever. And then he went to Jacksonville. <laughs> well, you know, all of these, all of these guys, these especially these three, they all have winning in their history. And Trevor right. is at the top of that food chain. I mean, he's won in high school. Every yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. one. I don't I think he ever watched till he got to the pros. <laughs> exactly. That's a good point. That's a good point. So I, I think that, you know, it, to me, the quarterback is the performance is obvious. You know, you have to have a you know a good performing right. quarterback. But I, I think that the quarterbacks that are successful have a, a, a not only an impact on the team on the field, but they have an impact on the team off the field. All right, I think all these, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no, that's good. I think all the guys that you're mentioning, you know, are reflective of that on and all off. Right. The Justin Fields with Chicago. What kind of year is he going to have? Well, you know what we should do because you like the Bears so much. I should switch that just to ask you that question. <laughs> what do you think about well, Justin Fields? Well, see, and that, that was going to lead into my next question. Can these players' careers be ruined by now? Now Lamar Jackson, I'm removing from that list because Lamar is coming off an injury, and Baltimore is a winning team. Mm -hmm. I'm taking. Can these guys' careers not take off, not be ruined, but not take off like expectations because of the team they're on? I mean, Justin Fields. They're talking about how wonderful he is, but the Bears they keep saying have the worst team in pro football. So. You know, you know, because I keep going to Patrick Mahomes. You know, he goes to Kansas City. He's got Andy Reid as his coach. He's got a winning program, Super Bowl, I guess, in his second year. You know, um, so these guys, you know, leave Lamar out of it, but Baker, Trevor, and Justin, are they going to elevate these teams or are they just going to be considered they didn't quite make it? Well, you know, I think they're going to elevate the teams first because they've been selected. You know, you've named Justin Fields when he played at both Georgia and Ohio State. He was a two-time offensive player of the year. All up, you know, uh, what the Bears traded up. For, in fact, I think the Bears traded up against the Giants to, uh, you know, they they traded right, up on right, the Giants right, to get right. to get him. So, you know, that position and know, and know this. When you have a quarterback position, your numbers have always been up there. <laughs> right, right, right. And so with everybody's numbers going up now, imagine where those numbers are now. 
Well, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting because I just am curious if teams hold these guys back, you know, and, and I guess uh, I, I guess we'll find out. All right, so the season is starting, uh, coming up pretty quickly here now. So let, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, who you think uh, might win these divisions and, and if you have any surprises. The AFC East, we have Buffalo, Miami, New England, and the Jets. Does Buffalo have a lock? You know, I I, um, I I don't think any I don't think all the things that we're going to discuss now I don't think any of them have a lock because we don't really know the impact of the pandemic and what we've gone through over the last four three you know two or three years with this thing we don't know so I'm really excited to see what happens to see right, right, right. the impact of of how these guys play now. Um, a lot of them, you know, because of their salary base, they are able to develop workout series at their homes. You know, in our right. day, you had to work out at the stadium. You had to go to the, right. you know, to where to the same facility. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a big difference, honestly, because of the quality of athletes we have in the NFL now. But I do think there's going to be a visual difference in the beginning of the season. And I think that, that they'll roll into what they're com uh, comfortable with. So for the old people who remember Pete Rozelle, he would love you and, and your parody <laughs> that you're talking here. <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo is probably going to dominate that division, is my guess. But New England, just because of the coach, might surprise us. Right. You know, okay, we'll, we'll see. But, so, but who you, who, if you had a pick, if I said, Larry, pick a team, who would you pick in that division? Well, I played for Belichick, so. <laughs> all right, so you're going to go with – all right, New England, well, they're my wild card that they could sneak in there. That's all right, right. Um, um, the AFC North, we got Baltimore. This is a great division. We got Baltimore with Lamar, and, of course, uh, the coach on Baltimore is wonderful. We got Cincinnati, who went to the Super Bowl. We got Cleveland, who's touted to be a real good team this year yeah. if their quarterback situation could work out. And then, of course, we got the Steelers, who you can never count out because of their coach. Yeah. So who are you picking in that division? Well, you know, my first pick was was the Ravens uh, because I, I felt that um, um, Lamar Jackson had such a you know impact on the team. But after after kind of researching, it seems as though um, his recovery is not going as well as everybody thought. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be the same type of player, you know, that he right. was on, on the way back. Um, so that's a toss-up for me. I, I'll probably have to still go with the Steelers. You know, okay, okay, that's good. You know, uh, um, there's also the argument, is Cincinnati going to do it again? It's really hard to repeat. Right. I know they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they got there. Yeah. So that, uh, that'll be uh, interesting. So your research now, does that involve a dartboard and darts? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, the AFC South. Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars, Tennessee Titans. Well, I am from Tennessee. So. Well, you know, you know, I think, I think, well, that may be the obvious. I think, but does Indianapolis have a chance? I think Indianapolis really has a great chance. Um, but you you hit you know on a lot of different things there. I, I, I stay with Tennessee because Eddie George now is the play for Tennessee Titans. And now right. he's the head coach at Tennessee State University, where I went to college. 
So right, right. I'm always, you know, that's I'm, I'm, I'm sort of leaning toward him anyway because of Eddie and what he's done. And plus, just to let you know, he's doing a great job in leadership there at Tennessee State, and and getting athletes in and recruiting athletes and and just getting uh, getting us better. But um, recruitment plug for Tennessee State by Larry Mallory. <laughs> But um, I, I'll go with the Titans. Of course, the Colts now, I think, have a pretty good uh, shot with Matt Ryan coming over to be the quarterback from Atlanta. He had a great career, you know, in Atlanta. So he's got – comes into a real good program. We could see what would happen. Of course, he broke the Bear fans' hearts. And Scott, one of our producers, along with Zeke, uh, might remember when uh, the Bears took the lead with about 40 seconds to play or something. Of course, Matt Ryan threw one bomb. Uh, that was completed, and they kicked the winning field goal to beat the Bears. I think that's how it ended. But anyway, so we'll see if Indianapolis can push uh, the Titans. I'm, the I'm AFC- glad you mentioned. I'm glad. Just I'm sorry to cut you, but um, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Matt Ryan because as you were talking about him, I was. I re- I remember Matt Ryan. Yeah. Okay. And, and for us, for you and I to remember someone, you know. That says that he's he's really done very well in the, in the league. <laughs> yeah, but he also played New England in a Super Bowl and had like a 17 touchdown lead going into the second half and lost. Okay. And Remember lost. Was, yeah, that was uh, like one of the greatest comebacks in the Super Bowl. You, yeah, you know, right. I don't that's remember right. exactly. I'm sure Scott is looking it up and then we'll we'll tell you. Scott, look <laughs> up the score of that, of that uh when uh Atlanta lost to New England in the Super Bowl. It was a huge comeback in the second half. Okay. Um, that's always that was a bitter pill for him to swallow. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, uh, type thing. Well, let's move on uh, to the AFC West. Now, here's where the quarterbacks are. These teams. This is a tough one, Larry. Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson. Yeah. Got the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, uh, the uh, Las uh, Vegas Raiders, Derek Carr. And uh, Justin uh, Herbert over at the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Four great quarterbacks, four great teams. Who's coming out on top? Well, I uh, I will probably go with uh, Denver. You're a Russell Wilson guy, huh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, between Russell and uh, and Patrick, you know, I really like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, just, I like how he. I just like how he operates with the team. So between Denver and Kansas City, I would go with. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, I'm going with Kansas City though. Um, the NFC East. Oh man. Well, before we go there, though, though, you know, you and I know. Okay, when you were growing up, the Raiders were called the what? What do you mean? What they? What were they called? They were the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, the Oakland Raiders. What are they now? The Las Vegas Raiders. Exactly. When we were growing up, what were the Chargers called? Uh, well, the the where, where were they in uh, San Diego? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Well, I'm thinking they moved to L.A., then they moved back. You know, I'm going okay. Yeah, you know, so those California teams, man, they just they're just oh, yeah, hanging they just out in California and everything. That's right. You know? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but we could keep track of it. Yeah. We can. Yeah, okay, we can. Okay. They're, just, they're just keeping their, their customers, you know. They, they have right. no customers in California. <laughs> well, you know, the Chargers now have a, a team that they're proud to put on the field. So they're getting right. – they'll get the people out there. All right, so uh, the 
NFC East. Well, I'm going to go with the Giants. I'm going with the Giants. God bless you. There you go. Now my faith has been restored in former New York Giant Larry Mallory. (laughs) So you got the Giants, the Cowboys, the Eagles, who I'm going to pick. I think uh, the Eagles are going to make it this year. And then Washington. I I just don't see Washington uh, making it. This is not the strongest division in the NFL. You know, uh, so, uh, you know, but we'll see what will happen. Now, speaking of not the strongest division in the NFL, we move on to the NFC North, where it's the Green Bay Packers, and then there's some other teams that are still in the league. Um, Not to pick on any Detroit fans or Minnesota fans or my beloved Bear fans, uh, but I have to go with the dreaded Green Bay Packers. Yeah, um, you know, they they I would go with the Packers as well, primarily because of the quarterback. Well, yeah, but he's he's getting up there in years, so you know, we'll we'll see. Well, Brady um, is too. Yeah, but see, but <laughs> but what Aaron Rodgers also has going for him, I don't see a lot of victories in the other teams. Oh yeah. You know, Detroit, I think, might be uh the best of the group after that. All right, the NFC uh South, we have Atlanta. Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints, and Tampa Bay. Who are you going with in that one? Well, I'm going down to Tampa Bay. I'm going to stay in Florida. Yeah, well, I think that's uh, that's that's a, that's a good choice and probably an easy choice. <laughs> right. NFC West, now this is another stacked division. You got the Arizona Cardinals. You got the uh, Super Bowl champs, the L.A. Rams, San Francisco 49ers, and the Seahawks, who will be in rebuilding. But who do you like in that division? Can San Francisco sneak in, or are you going with the Rams or uh, Arizona? You know, I should have had you buy my lottery ticket because <laughs> because you're right. I was going with San Francisco. And, you know, when you play for teams, you got to be supportive of them. Okay, but, okay. Boy, I'm I, seeing a whole new side of you today, Larry, and I'm <laughs> loving it. <laughs> but but one of the things I like about San Francisco, too, is their front office. They're right. – uh, you know, they're very interactive with the players and their players' representatives. So I, I like San Francisco. Yeah. And, Larry, I'm changing notes here. We have to say goodbye to Tom Weisskopf, who passed away. Mm-hmm. He was a great PGA competitor. Hopefully some people out there still remember that era. <clears throat> Tom had 16 wins and one major. He played, I think, in 68 to 82. Yeah. He played in Jack Nicholas's era. So Jack, you know, ruled that era. Yeah. But there was Lee Trevino, Tom Watson, Tom Kite, Ben Crenshaw, all big winners, all uh, uh, um, were major champions. I mean, it was a great era for golf. Yeah, I mean, Jack dominated, but these guys were an inch behind him. You, you know, it was a wonderful era in golf. And after Jack, it, it was about 10 years before Tiger came. And so now my question, you know, uh, is we pay a little tribute to Tom in his yeah. great career. Moving into the present now, is there a next Tiger Woods on the horizon? I'll tell you why I asked you that. Yeah, that's a great question. Is there a next Tiger? Because when Tiger left, or or didn't leave, but Jordan Spieth came on the scene, and by the time he was 23 years old, he had 10 victories on tour and I think three majors, and they were talking about this guy will be the next Tiger. Then in the next five years, he was he's won twice. Oh, he's he's a great golfer, 
but he hasn't been dominating. Yeah. Rory came on, dominated when he was young. He was the next Tiger. And, of course, he still wins, but not at a Tiger Woods pace. Right. So I'm wondering, is there a Tiger Woods out there now, or is it going to just be great rivalries? Because we got Scotty Scheffler, we got Zella Torres, Morikawa, Justin Thomas, Spieth, Rory, Finau, Rahm, on and on and on, yeah. of great golfers, and they're going to all have their share of wins. So, you know, you know, sort of like the Tom Watson, Tom Kite, Ben Crenshaw era, you mm -hmm. know, and Tom Weisskopf era, but Jack let it. Is there going to be a leader of the era now of all these great golfers? Is there another Tiger right now? I, I, I really don't think there is another Tiger ever. And the reason I, I think it is because I think that the equipment in golf has impacted the game uh, exponentially. You know, the type of drivers they're using now. Um, e even from Nicholas and that group to Tiger, there was a difference, but not the type of jump that they have now. You right. know, we're, we're getting guys, they're having to adjust golf courses because now you're driving average of 325 yards, you know? Right, right, right. So, oh, excuse me. So the, uh, the, I think the equipment and plus the, the athletic in, uh, inclusion you know, in the old days, golf, you know, you might have some big guys out there walking around. and But now everybody's kind of in shape. You know, they're, right. they're, they're right. focused on their health. They're focused on their strength. They're focused on the things that gets that ball where they want that ball to be. And I, so I, I think that the equipment, you know, and the focus on health and youth has just made the game completely different. And it's but – but what I do like, Scott, is that the PGA – and live golf they're all they're talking about it you know they're adjusting the golf courses so that you know it, it it's still competitive and you don't break all the records you know in the world now right. you have you have guys that uh the, the hole is 385 yards long and they're taking a driver attempting to drive the green right and they do and they do yeah so yeah, yeah. I, I like the fact that the the, the sport itself is adjusting its rules and adjusting its structure to how the you know strength of the players and the way players are adjusting. Well, let me ask you something. When you talk about the strength of the players, a guy like Bryson DeChambeau went on a, a tear weightlifting to build up to get really strong, and he hits the ball, as you know, a very long way. Yeah. But then I see these small guys hit the ball a real long way. Yeah. And I wonder – how are they hitting these drives over 300 yards being smaller? I mean, because, you know, the, the long, tall guys have that long reach, then the long club, and then that club speed, that club is nothing but a whip. How are the shorter guys doing it that aren't big, that aren't big buff guys hitting the ball like that? It, it's all I mean, in the why shafts. are they hitting it like that? <laughs> well, it's, it's all in the shafts. You know, the, the, the smaller guys have different, shafts that kick at different places on a golf shaft you can kick low kick middle kick high and the three differences have an impact on where your ball ends so i think that they're able to keep up with the the shambos and john roms you know only because of the equipment that they have
Yeah, yeah. No, that's an interesting point, you know. Uh, um, uh, and then we still don't know the impact of what Live Golf is going to have. You know, when I talked about the great rivalries in the PGA, yeah. we don't know who's going to be in the PGA. That's true. You know, that's right. you know and coming up this weekend when we take this uh, broadcast, of course, we have the uh, uh, the FedEx Cup conclusion. The winner's going to pocket $18 million. <laughs> Now, now, now think about this for a minute. Last year, uh, Patrick Cantlay won the last two tournaments of the year, and then he won the uh, the prize. That's right. So he probably won five million bucks for those two victories, and then it was fifteen million uh, for the FedEx title. So that was twenty million dollars in two weeks. He won last week at two point seven million, and now they got the final tournament this weekend. If he wins again, I imagine he'll also then win the FedEx. He would top what he did last year. Right. An enormous amount of money for a, for two weeks of golf. And and imagine imagine the fact that this is what the players get. There, there's other money going. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just for him to be able to get that type of payout. Right. Trust me, man. There's a whole bunch of other money circling a lot of different places. Yeah, yeah, but but it, but it, but it, it, it what makes it interesting is how much these guys are going to battle to win because of that that money out there, you know, for that prize at the end. But I'll tell you what, it makes it very difficult if you're not in the top there because I think Scheffler is still rated number one in the FedEx points, so he's starting the tournament at ten under. Yeah, Cantlay I think is starting at minus eight. So when you get down to the guys that uh, they, everybody, most of them, I say, except the the bottom few, they start at zero, but most of them go down to minus two and minus one. So the guys at the top who have those FedEx points, they have a huge advantage going into this final tournament. Oh yeah, yeah, you know. So it, uh, uh, it it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And not many people know, you know, a couple of years ago, Tiger won the tour tournament you know the final tournament of the year yeah. and that was its first win in in so long and everybody was going crazy over that but do you know that uh justin rose sunk a long putt on 18 and because he made that putt he won the fedex cup if he didn't make that putt Tiger would have won the FedEx Cup for the third time that year. That's right. That's you know, right. people, but nobody cared. Tiger didn't care. He won a golf tournament. You know, that's and, just and, a little interesting tidbit. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned Justin Rose because I, I like him a whole lot. And the right. reason I like him is, you know, is because I'm a marshal, you know, one of the marshals with the PGA. Right. And in the tournament, one of the tournaments that I've marked, well, when I marshal the tournament and he's in it, he always gives time to the youth. You know, right. signing autographs, looking at the kids, yeah. talking to the kids. I like that about him. He's a yeah. he's a he's a really nice nice guy to be around. Now, since you're as old as you are, what <laughs> what's your definition of a youth? Are we talking fifty, forty, <laughs> maybe? No, we're talking kids. You know? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you got to be short and little. Trying to put everything into perspective. That's right. All right, the podcast is the extra point. We have this name because Larry was a star holder for the extra point in his career, as well as the field goals. He's Larry Mallory. I'm Scott Farber. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs>